Welcome to Real Talk Fantasy Baseball. I am your host, Will Power, and with me today is Kevmo, the recent winner of our Fantasy League Championship last season. Congratulations, Kevmo. Uh, today we've got a, a great show for you guys. We are doing the first base preview. A uh, couple questions we have to answer. Where do we draft Reese Hoskins and Cody Bellinger? I feel like that's going to be like the biggest kind of like hits and misses of this season. Um, but yeah, other than that, let's go ahead and get this show started. Welcome back, guys. Uh, if you haven't already, please like this video, uh, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. We are also on Spotify. I'm actually going to put up this um, QR code up in the corner. You can scan that with your phones. It'll take you to our link tree, to our Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, this is obviously our YouTube here. And if you're listening to Spotify or on Spotify, uh, this link tree will take you there also. Please like, subscribe, share, uh, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, today we're talking about first base. And then I don't know about you, Kev, but last, last season in the beginning, um, Kev, uh, first base just didn't look that appealing. You know, there, no. there were some there were some top guys that you knew were going to go, you know, first round, second round, third round, you know. But this year, it just seems like there's so many more options. You know, Dude, uh, absolutely. I feel like last year it was such a shallow, um, you know, pool to choose from. It was everyone was like, you either got some of the top tier guys or you're just like, oh, you know, crapshoot, let's dartboard type of thing. Like, I hope this guy hits. But now, like, I have it as like, there's like 25 almost plus qualified people at first base. So you got you got some depth for sure now. So it kind of changes the strategy totally. Oh yeah, for sure. It's yeah. like it seems like if you miss on like the top five guys this season, that's okay because it's there's still yeah. there's still a few more guys out there that are decent yeah. starting options for your first base spot. Um, there's there's a lot on the back end that are more kind of like a corner infield spot, I would say. Right. But right. there still are a lot of options that if you're in a standard twelve team league you're going to get a good one unless someone goes out there and just hogs them all like I did with third base last year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, sure. so um, two guys actually emerged in um, in first base this season that did not have first base eligibility uh, last season. That is Bryce Harper, former yeah. two-time MVP, and Cody Bellinger, former one-time yes. MVP. Cody Bellinger just came out of nowhere, man. Nowhere, dude. No one expected this type of production from him. Right. And as as a Dodger fan, I feel like you either have one side of the coin or the other. Some people are hating it because they're like, oh, man, or you're like rooting for him. You're like, yeah, good. Good for you, yeah. Cody. I'm, I'm on I'm on the ladder. You know, I'm rooting for him. I, I like to see him doing good. I just it will change depending on where he goes. If he goes, you know, somewhere else, I, I will say that um, with some of the rumors with like the Giants or whatever. I'm like. Yeah, I won't be rude for you no more. But, but if he signs with San Francisco, not only are Dodger fans just going to hate him, but. His production is just going to decline so yeah. much. You know, yeah, there, there's sure. not, there's, there's no Barry Bonds in in Cody Bellinger. He's not no. going to be hitting 35 home runs next it's season. Cove and stuff. Exactly, no, it's not, dude. It's, 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 it's too far for him. And yeah. 
he definitely changed up his swing. I was I was sure. watching his swing. I was watching some highlights, and you know he's always kind of had that like golfer swing where he he goes yeah, low in the zone and yeah. tries to loft it up. You know, get that yeah. long angle up. But I just saw so much uh, patience at the plate last yeah. season. You know, he's actually waiting for the ball, and I feel like his swing actually got quicker. You know, yeah, he, I was gonna say I feel like he was way more compact, especially in two strike counts where he was just wait yeah way more uh just quick to the ball instead of like the the whole like you said the big wind up like lofty. yeah i'm so, i'm wondering if maybe he like uh if if his if he dropped the the weight of his bat maybe it's yeah. a lighter bat now so he can get yeah. it faster through the zone for sure you know because he that. he wasn't really hitting the ball especially hard either it was uh under yeah. 90 miles an hour on on uh average so yeah um we didn't really see that power swing because we've seen cody bellinger hit 40 home runs before for but sure. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that anymore. No, he's, I don't think so either. He's changing he's his approach. And I think old. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which it has been great for him because definitely. he batted over 300 last season. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't need to be the guy that's hitting 40 home runs, you know, Absolutely. especially if you're on the Cubs that aren't pro- probably going to do anything in the postseason. Right. You know, right. just just do you. Uh, but let's get into our first name off the board. And uh, honestly, I think that this guy is just in a tier all on his own. Absolutely. And that guy is... Freddie Freeman. Let me take off this uh, QR code so that way we can see the whole picture. So Freddie Freeman, man, 331 batting average, 59 doubles, 29 home runs. Now this threw me for a loop, man. 23 stolen bases. Yeah, dude. I saw that too and I was like, stolen bases. He's had double-digit stolen bases three times in his entire career, which is about 11 years. And uh, the, the other two times was 11 and 13, I believe. So right. he surpassed that by more than 10. Crazy I could see, I could see it going down uh, just because of, um, you know, with the team context and stuff with Shohei there, like he's not going to need to be moving, I think, as much on the base, but not down to where it's below. I mean, he's still probably going to be around at least 15, I think, with the way that with the new rule changes and stuff. I, I will say this with, uh, like we were saying, there's a lot of depth at first base. In your draft, I don't think, personally, you're going to need to reach at all for first base. There's other positions that you might. Um, I mean, I don't I don't suggest reaching ever, but, like, if you're going to. But Freeman is a guy that I think that if you want that guy and you want to reach a little bit, I can back you because this guy oh, yeah. is a game changer. And, I mean, it just he's he's a stud. Like, I mean, again, you, you read the numbers, the stats. He's – and, and he's consistent at that. Like, it's not oh, like, a, oh, he did this one year, two years here and there. Like, you know what you're getting from him. And like we said before, the, the team context is only going to get better. So some of those counting stats are just going to go up more, which is yeah. insane. Definitely. Yeah. We, with Like you said, with Otani hitting behind him, Mookie Betts hitting in front of him, who's also another career 300 hitter. Yeah. And insane. Will Smith betting behind him, going to knock him in. You know, the, the, yeah. the top of the Dodgers order is just – insane man it yeah. it's the second best lineup in baseball i gotta give the best lineup in baseball to the braves, braves unfortunately yeah. um i i feel like the dodgers have the the best hitters you know yeah. uh, other than acuna obviously he's he's sure. number one for sure but uh when it comes to just, depth, um, just just the depth like the braves have that hands down yeah. and then they 100%. ended up going and getting for sale you know what what the uh, no, what was that about? I mean, I don't know. I, I see Chris Sale. Like, the <laughs> Sale move is basically the same thing that the Dodgers did going out and getting Tyler Glass now. It's like yeah. a guy that upside. is great when he's healthy, great upside, but the problem is it's when he's healthy. 
and it's Chris Sale has been known to have those like lingering injuries and every single season. Yeah. Man, sucks. Yeah, sucks for uh, sucks for um, the Braves and and it sucks for the Dodgers. But you know what? Yeah. Two best teams in baseball. Either one of yeah. those teams have World Series teams right now. Uh, it's sure. it's going to be one of those two going to the World Series, in my Absolutely. opinion. Yeah. So, so. Uh, back to Freddie Freeman. I honestly think that he is the safest first baseman out there. It's like there there's there's other guys like Matt Olson that's great, Pete Alonso that's great. Um, you know they're they're kind of a lock to hit close to forty home runs. But yeah. Freddie Freeman's the one that if, if he's at the plate, you know he's going to produce. You know, three thirty batting average. Yep. He bats over three hundred every single season. You know, uh, he was great with the Braves, won the championship with the Braves. Now he's probably going to win three championships with the Dodgers in the in the uh, foreseen foreseen future, unforeseen future. Yep. So um, yes, Freddie Freeman. If if I have the number two overall pick, you know, obviously Acuna is going to go number one. I'm yep. probably picking Freddie Freeman as my number two pick. Yep. I don't think okay. I would go with anyone else at this point, whether it's points league, or categories league, or whatever. He is yeah. he is a league winner. Yeah, for sure. I I mean I think there yeah there's obviously arguments for for after number one. Uh, you can go in some several ways, but I think um, whatever the argument is, Freddie Freeman is in that argument. And if you're leaving him out, you're missing something. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but the only thing that I would say is like like you said earlier, when you don't really have to reach for first basemen's because there are so yeah. many of them. You know, you could wait till like the fourth or fifth round to get like a Vlad or someone um, decent. Yeah, for sure. Someone decent, you know, but yeah. there is no replacing Freddie Freeman. No. You know, he's the yeah. safest bet for batting average. Uh, amazing plate discipline. Like yeah. you could go on and on. But, you know, that that's enough on Freddie Freeman. Uh, yeah, I think you could go on and on for sure. I think, yeah, I, I think everyone kind of like has the same general idea of yeah. Freddie Freeman as we do. Yep. Um, moving on to number two. Uh, Matt Olson, dude, what the hell got into Matt Olson this season? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was something in the Braves water, dude. All those guys were getting bombs, (laughs) but, but this guy in particular, I mean, he was just between his average. I mean, I think, I don't know what he is career wise, um, average wise, but, um, I know that last year he hit 283, which for him, I think is you know, that's pretty amazing. Good. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think it's closer to like a between 240 and 250. Th- that's had, that's what I was thinking. And he had a lot and, uh, of 240 uh batting average seasons and right. beginning with the A's. Sure. And I mean, but again, you're going to the to the home runs 54, dude. I mean, like that's you know what you're getting from him too. And then like we were just saying about the you know team context. He's on he's on the team with the the most depth. The guys are so all those counting stats are just gonna be I don't think his stats are going anywhere other than I think the average could go down. Like we said, his career average is right around the 240s, 250. So he might not be hitting 283, but I think a lot of those other counting stats are going to still stick around and be the same, you know, RBIs, runs, and, and stuff. So at least close yeah. to it. I, I think that yeah. he's he's the easiest lock for uh, basically a guaranteed 250 runs plus RBI. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it, this is actually the beginning of the second tier that I have. I, I have Matt Olson, Bryce Harper, and Pete Alonzo. Now, Bryce Harper, he didn't start the season uh, with the team. He unfortunately yeah. had Tommy John surgery the the season before, at the end of the season uh, of 2022. And uh, he came back, and he was still Bryce Harper. He was still that guy that was hitting for batting average. He was still hitting – um, you know, the, the ball decently hard, the launch yeah. angle just wasn't what it was in previous seasons, but 
you know, once he uh, once he kind of like shook off that rust that he needed to, uh, he became Bryce Harper again. He was hitting like an MVP again. Right. And uh, dude, we got to remember he came back like we said early from you know he I think it was one of the earliest ever to come back from that type of injury. Yeah, two had. months earlier than any other player before him. Right. So I mean, it, it and it's crazy because it was almost like two months after he came back that he started hitting bombs like mm -hmm. like how he usually does. So it might have just been you know I mean it's. But there's a reason why some of those people came back at that at the time. And, you know, him being a little bit earlier, he was still, um, you know, hitting really good. But, you know, 21 home runs. And that was with, I mean, he had a, such a dry spell to start, you know. So I feel like you can definitely, with a full season, expect a lot more than than 21, you know. So, yeah, th this is another guy that's going to hit near 300 every single season. Uh, like you said, the power came back uh, later on in the season. In August, he hit 10 of his 21 home runs, uh, followed by six in September. Uh, yeah. He's basically a lock for 10 to 15 stolen bases every single season. Right. Legit power, 91.8 average exit velocity, 115.7 max exit velocity. He had a, a career high ground ball rate, but I think that was just kind of like growing pains coming back from, from the, the Tommy yeah. John surgery the, the first two months. That, that he came back, I feel it was he was just trying to get his timing down. And he knew yeah. that he wanted to be there for his team in the postseason. So mm -hmm. I feel like it was a great time for him to come back. You know, yeah, he, no, he, he wasn't able to field at all. Um, but, you know, when he when he was feeling a lot better, look at him now. You know, he has first base eligibility. You have him at first base and outfield. Like those are those were considered one of the two uh, two of the weakest positions last season in fantasy yeah. baseball. So yeah. now. You know, th this guy, he just – he made the first base spot just so much better, you know. For sure. um, crazy plate discipline in, in points leagues, categories leagues. Like, this guy is just an animal. He's a beast. And yeah. I'd be I'd be happy to have Bryce Harper as my starting first baseman. Uh, I feel like all three of these guys are very similar in terms of uh, power and, and production. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like any three of these guys at any season could hit 40 home runs. And we've seen that from Matt Olson yep. and from Pete Alonso so far. We haven't seen Bryce Harper hit 40 home runs, I don't think. Um, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. He's hitting that uh, age 31 season, I think, yeah. coming up. So he he is on the opposite side of 30 now. But as we saw last season, he doesn't seem like he's slowing down at all. No, no, he doesn't, which is awesome. I'm, and he plays I'm in a, a great ballpark, a great yeah, ballpark for hitters. That's true. And and I mean he you know it's not quite the same as the other two teams that we were talking about but he's you know he's got some good hitters around him too so uh, you know some of those some of that matters as well. Yeah, and then Pete Alonso. Unfortunately for Pete Alonso, he uh, got hit by a pitch in what was it like early May, uh, something like that. Um, you know, but but before that, you know, before before that, he he still looked like Pete Alonso from seasons yeah. before. The the yeah. powers there. Um, so he batted 250 in April and May with 20 home runs. So 20 home runs right. just in the first two months of the season on a 60 home run pace, got hit by a pitch in June, hit the IL and spent only the minimum on the IL, which looking mm -hmm. back on it now, it probably wasn't the best idea because yeah. when he came back, he just wasn't the same player. Sure. Um, after his return, he batted 152 in June with only four home runs, 220 in July with six home runs. 228 in August with nine home runs and 210 in September with seven home runs. So towards the end of the season, he started getting his power back, nine home runs in August and seven in September. But the yeah. batting average, it just 
it lacked so much and ended the season with um, a 217 batting average, which if if you look at the underlying numbers, if you're into StatCast and you look at expected batting average, the expected batting average was actually 246, which is a lot closer to his normal batting average that he uh, he had in the past few seasons. So actually, I'm I'm predicting that his batting average is going to go up, you know, in 2024. As as long as he doesn't have like one of those other freak accidents again, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can't. You know, you, you can't project that, especially when you're, you know, creating your, your ranks and drafts and stuff. You know, obviously those freak accidents are, are going to happen. And if that happens, then that sucks. But it kind of is like what we were saying with um with Olsen. You know, his average was a lot higher. It's probably going to come back down to the mean a little bit. But same thing with Alonzo in the opposite way. You know, his average was way lower. But it's probably going to come back to the mean a little bit, which, you know, right around 250, which is going to make him, I mean, way more valuable than he was last year. And, like, even with that, 46 home runs with – with the uh, the injuries and the and the you know time off or not really time off but like you know coming back from that and stuff, so I, I think Alonzo is he's he's a player that you know I I want to grab. I kind of want to be part of part of that because I think that he's you know he's got that chance where people are gonna be like, dang, I didn't think he was gonna do what he did, and it's like eh, I, I kind of yeah. did because he he has it in him. He, he I mean he still had it like you said he still had a good year last year. It was just the average that kind of killed him and. I think the majority of people who know knows what's up think that he's gonna that's gonna bounce back a little bit. So that that should be good. Yeah, even with that injury that he had, that kind of like put him on the downslide for a couple of months. He still hit yeah. forty six home runs. So Pete Alonso, if he stays healthy, I I'd say give him fifty five to sixty. You know, I yeah. I think that yeah. that is easily attainable for a guy like for that. Sure. Um, you think he's gonna be on the Mets still? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I, they're getting rid of him. I I, I think that I was think, all just kind of like rumors. I think so too, but I also wouldn't like my jaw wouldn't completely drop if all of a sudden it was like, oh, he got traded. I'd be like, okay, all right, you know. So and, and that and that could make a difference, you know. I mean, I, I think like you know, you can expect what he's at right now, but if he goes somewhere, you know, it could be positive, it could be negative a little bit, depending. I mean, again, you, he's a stud, you know. He's, he's yeah. going to do what he's doing anyway, but. And- Honestly, though, it's about. like basically all the teams that are playoff yeah. contenders, they all That's, have their star yeah. first baseman already. You know, right. I feel like the only one that doesn't is the Yankees, you know, yeah. but they do have Rizzo for another season or two. Yeah. Um, so I feel like he's fine. You know, he's a right. fine option. You can't have a stud at every single position on the field. For sure. So for sure. they, they have enough studs on the field with uh, with the new guy like Volpe came, that came up, Glaber Torres. Yeah. Uh, and and Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, obviously, you know, just between those two guys, they could easily hit a hundred home runs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but Pete Alonso, I don't know, man. I I feel like the Mets have invested so much money in yeah. in like older talent, you know, and he's still un- under thirty years old. So I feel like you know, make him one of the mainstays, make him one of the guys that was the homegrown talent that you're going to keep. Yeah. And try to extend them, you know, let's let's get that extension going rather than trying to ship them off to another team, because all you're going to do is piss off your fans and uh, you're going to bring the morale of the team already down. And and it was down already, you know, in previous seasons, like when we heard about, you know, when when Lindor came over and uh, he was butting heads with uh, Jeff McNeil and, you know, Max Scherzer coming in and getting traded and, and the his comments about, you know, the, the team and, and Verlander. And there's been so much movement in the Mets. It's like, it, maybe it's time to just kind of like settle down and, yeah. and build the team, you know, rather yeah. than trying to just throw a bunch of dudes together, you know, For which sure. look good on paper, but we've seen like with the Padres, 
just because it looks good on paper doesn't mean that it's a, a playoff team, you know? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Plus Pete's got that, like, you know, that little fire in him when if, if something goes, he's, you know, he's going to like bark at people. And yeah, like, that, that New that York kind of like style, which, yeah, which fits you, perfectly, I think. fits perfectly. You want that on your team in general, but especially in New York, you know? So, yeah. All right. So that is the end of our tier two. Honestly, like if, if it comes to the point where I see Matt Olson there, and I know yeah. that Bryce Harper and Pete Alonso are still waiting in the wings, like maybe a round or two later. I think I'm passing on Matt Olson. Yeah, you know, I you want I, you want in on him, but you like like we were saying, like there's so much depth, you don't really need to, you don't really need to reach, you know, or or, exactly. or take that. You, you can, or maybe it's not reaching. It's just filling another need that you that that you're gonna, yeah, uh, filling another need that for your team, and then being able to to backfill a little bit with with those other guys who are still studs so yeah dude like honestly like if if i see Corey seager and matt olson right there at the end of the first round you know second round turn i think i'm going seager man yeah just because shortstop is not such a deep uh a a deep position and you know if i know that there's three more options coming up at my my next round um I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go Seager, and if I don't have my first baseman yet, if Bryce Harper's available at the at the next round, then I'm taking Harper. And if for he's sure. not available, if Pete Alonso's there, then I'll go for Pete Alonso. But yeah. like you said, there's so many options down the line. You know, where when you get to like the tenth round, eleventh round, twelfth round, that those guys are are still gonna be available. So yeah, if you miss out on those guys, don't worry so much. Not the end of the world. You know? yeah. yeah, it's not the end of the world. There, there's lots of production later on. Sure. Uh, so that was the end of the second tier. Moving on to the third tier. First guy I want to talk about is Black Guerrero Black. Jr. Black. It's like, dude, when is this guy finally going to come to uh, yeah. to play baseball? You know, yeah. <laughs> it, he it's had like, his one good year. Um, 2021, he was amazing. He's had, he's, yeah, he's had but good that years, was also the year that they weren't playing in Toronto because Canada was scared of. of you know, the COVID crisis that we had yep. and, um, yep. you know, they didn't want their players playing actually in, in the, in Canada. So they were playing yep. in New York, they were playing in little league ballparks, college right. ballparks. It was like, you know, that, that was the year where he was the stud, but dude, if dude, you look at his underlying numbers, every single season, he looks so good. Everything looks yeah. so good. The metrics look so batting averages looks so good. And, and I mean, that it, it kind of falls short, but his his XBA is always so solid. Have did you see his uh, home and road splits? Um, yeah, dude. Dude, it's insane. It's like backwards from what you what you would normally think. First of all, and then oh, Giants and Mariners agreed to trade to send Robbie Ray to San Francisco. Is that is that current? Like that's, yeah, that's just happened. That's happening right now. San uh, Francisco geez. for for Mitch Hanniger and Anthony Desclafani. Okay, hmm. first base preview, sure, but hey, breaking news. Hey, breaking news is breaking news, man. <laughs> That's and right, baby. Robbie Ray in San Francisco, I actually like that, man. He's yeah. a fly ball pitcher, so uh, yeah. you know, not, not being bad. able to give up that many home runs anymore. San Francisco's making some moves. They got that outfielder, the the uh, Korean outfielder. Yeah, they're trying to go for it. All right. Yeah, man. They're 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 starting to make some moves, which is fun for National League West because yeah, you know when when the Dodgers are just dominating every single team in the NL West until they get to the division series, of course. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know during the regular season, it's like you can't prepare for the postseason if you're not playing against good teams. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. So I like to see the Diamondbacks, you know, doing well, and I like yeah. to see the the Giants making moves and 
I mean, Colorado is going to be Colorado. They're not really going to do much. They they tried to make a splash with Chris Bryant, you know, and yeah, I got turned into nobody. Yeah, I, I think that Colorado needs to focus more on their pitching rather than their hitting because everyone's going to hit in Colorado. But sure. if if you can take away the bats from the opposition, you yeah. know that's going to be the biggest thing. So go for pitching. What, Chris yeah. Bryant, like that was such a stupid move, man. For sure. For no, him. No pitchers want to pitch there, though. That's what's tough. You know? Yeah, that's that's the thing. But money talks, and if, if if Colorado is willing to pay yeah. three hundred million dollars to a pitcher, then I think that there's go. Be a yeah, <laughs> exactly. Go anyway, or trades to- or trades. You know, right. Yeah, well, for sure. Trades is where you, they have to try to make the, their, you know, their bones for sure. I was just going to say with uh, with Vlad, you know, it was a 238 home and 289 road, which is normally backwards for, you know, people usually hit better at home. I mean, for the most part. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying in 2021 when he wasn't playing at his normal home park. And that's when he had his breakout or, you know, his big year that. Is, you know, is it going to take him having to get out of Toronto for him to, to be good, or is he going to figure mm-hmm. it out? I don't know. I, but... I really hope that's not what it's going to take. Oh, but same. honestly, man, I'm I'm looking at the StatCast numbers, and I'm just going to put my faith in StatCast, and I still believe in yeah. Vlad. I feel like I too. Vlad could easily just move up to that second tier and be in oh. the same tier as like Matt Olson and, yeah. um, you know, Harper and – and Pete Alonzo and uh, leave everyone else kind of in the dust, man. I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he was no. like, a, uh, like a first rounder next season. Absolutely. I was going to say, if we're talking, if next season we're, we're sitting here talking, he's, he's right there. And then in the second tier, you know, the, oh, even the second overall first baseman, I, it wouldn't be surprising right now at all. And that's, and that's saying that is why I think taking Vlad, you know, and in an appropriate spot in the draft or whatever is going to be is, is something that I would for sure want to do. You know, it's the whole this whole thing is risk reward. You know, or the guy that we're going to talk about later, Cody Bellinger. You know, someone risked risked taking him at whatever pick it was last year, and then look at where he's going now. You know, so there's you have to take some risks somewhere. But like you said, if you're looking at Statcast and his numbers look like how they look, I mean, that is a it's a risk still, but it's, it's, it doesn't feel like as much of a risk because of that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Vlad has been in the league for a, a little yeah. while now and it, it's surprising to see he's only 24 years old, man. I know. So 24 years old and with his expected stats, you know, expected BA at 295, expected slug at 498. Dude, if, if his expected stats actually came to fruition, he'd be uh, over a thousand OPS. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's insane. That's so cool. Yeah, I, <laughs> I really like Vlad, and and I'm hoping that Toronto actually like does right by him, and yeah. and you know tries to get that supporting cast to kind of like you know step up their game. Like we saw Bichette kind of like take a step backward last yeah. season, and um, you know Biggio just hasn't been the guy that they thought that he was going to be. And mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, Toronto was supposed to be like the the team to worry yeah. about in the AL East and it just doesn't seem like it's, it's happening. They're kind of like, just like an afterthought now, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah, it does. But I believe in Vlad, man. I still believe. So hopefully, you know, that this is the year where he can kind of break out. And, uh, you know, I, I I don't need to see 40 home runs from this guy, but I, Mm -hmm. I do want to see him hit closer to 300. Like I know he can. And, um, you know, he had 26 home runs last season and 32 the season before. So, you know, between right, 30 right, and 30. 35 home runs, I'd, I'd love to see that again. You know, it, I just he's, – he's such a good player. 
and sure. uh, he, he's he's a big dude. He's only six two, you know, in, in baseball terms, that's not that tall, but he's two hundred and forty five pounds. So he's right. got a lot of weight behind him. Hits the ball yeah. exceptionally hard. Ninety two point one average exit velocity, hundred and sixteen point seven max exit velocity. That that's that's hitting the ball really freaking hard. Man. He's he's fun to watch. I mean, and at the end of the day, guys, like you know, this this is you know, for fantasy, you're you're ha- you're having fun, you know. You want to tune in to watch your players, you want to tune in to watch Vlad. You know, yeah, you want, you he's, want he's, he's one of those guys. I feel like yeah. if he was playing on on almost any other team, he could be considered that like generational talent. But unfortunately, Absolutely. he's stuck in Toronto. <laughs> um, yep, that's true. Yeah, but you know, give him three more years when he could, becomes a free agent in 2027, and then he'll hit yeah. the free agent market, and then who knows? You know, knows. maybe we'll see him in a Phillies uniform and and be able to hit 60 home runs every season. Right. You never know. Uh, next on the list, we are going to. Cody Bellinger, this dude out of freaking nowhere, man. Oh, it's, man. The last two seasons have been so disappointing. You know, 2020, yep. he won the World Series with the Dodgers. Unfortunately, had that incident with Kike Hernandez. They were celebrating after a home run, separated his shoulder. Uh, they popped it back into place, and he finished out the postseason. They ended up winning the World Series, but then he had offseason shoulder surgery. 2021 comes around and he's just not the same guy. He just he can't put the wood on the ball. Uh, you know, after another after a season of of um, you know underperforming, Struggling 2022 there. comes around and it's the same story, man. He just mm-hmm. couldn't hit the ball. Uh, quality of contact just went way down. Uh, the the production, the home run production, just wasn't there. He still has that Gold Glove. He's still that amazing. Yeah ball player in the outfield or or first base first now base, that you know yeah. we're we're doing this first uh first base position preview and he's just he looks really good um i, I don't know I, I don't know what the hell got into him in the beginning of the season looking at his expected stats he was overperforming his expected stats by sure. like a, a huge margin you know he's yeah. batting through three over 300 but his expected stats said like 219 220 I remember uh, Tony had him in our league, and he tried to trade him to me. Yeah, and, um, and I'm like, Nah, I'm good. I, I'm looking at his expected stats, and I'm like, Nah, I'm good. You know, you go ahead and keep him. And dude, he just continued to keep on raking. You know, so know. it's like, what do we do with Cody Bellinger? I've, I've, it, he is such a hard guy to rank this season because yeah. track record says that he's a former MVP. But then track record also says that last two seasons he was freaking terrible because of right because of the surgery. I, which, I'm assuming which it's Bellinger good. are you getting? Yeah. Which Bellinger are you getting? And if he That's, signs with the Cubs, I'm willing to bet that he's probably going to be the same Bellinger that we saw in 2023. If he yeah. signs with another team, it's a crapshoot. Who knows? Who knows? He is the the hardest guy to rank this season, but so, I still got to put so him in this the story. Is wait to wait to draft until after he signs. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but I, I I agree with you. It's you know there's a there's a lot, and and I think you you know we were talking beforehand. You were saying something about like his, um, you know his hard hit percentage has dropped, and I was looking it up, and on Baseball Savant it lists like 403 people that uh that you know hard hit players and he's listed as 345 out of 403 so he's not hitting it as hard as he once was or i mean comparative to everyone else not not that hard eat at all but i mean like we were saying he's he did something with his swing he's hitting for average again i mean he still has the speed so he's gonna he got 20 stolen bases last year yeah that was amazing you know 
Well, yeah, it was fantastic. I don't, I mean, everyone knows he had, he was fast enough, but they, you know, he, with the Dodgers, he didn't steal that much. Like we, you know, we just, we just weren't running as much. Uh, I say we, like I'm guys, I'm a Dodger fan. I don't know if I said that already. Um, I'm not part of the team, but uh, you know, the, the Dodgers weren't, weren't running as much, but you know, he, you know, 20 stolen bases. I mean, he was up in the high nineties for runs and, and RBIs last year. So I think, you know, He's he's still someone that is that is really interesting, but it, it is it's that question of which Cody Bellinger are you going to get, and yeah. that that's the risk, you know. Like we were saying, compared to like the, the risk with Vlad, it's this is a different risk for sure. It's a different risk, but honestly, the reward is worth it. It's, and it is, yeah. Two, two takeaways that I have from Cody Bellinger: one, you already mentioned that he had twenty stolen bases last season, yeah. amazing. Um, another one is he dropped his strikeout rate. So in 2022, yes. it was 27.3%. He dropped that to 15.6% last drop. season. Yeah. Huge drop. Exactly what I was talking about. His patience at the plate, you know, yep. and I, I feel like he just didn't have that pressure on him in Chicago because no one no one expected anything from Chicago. Yeah. They didn't expect them to win the, the division or, or yeah. go to the playoffs at all, you know. So he, a lot of pressure was taken off. He focused on himself. He focused on his swing. He really wasn't worried. I, I feel like he really wasn't worried too much about the team. He yeah. was more just like, I need to get right, you know? Yep. And that's why he took that one-year deal with the, with the Cubs. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and maybe it's going to work out for him because he says that he wants a multi-year deal worth at least $20 million a year. And, yeah. um, you know, the Yankees say that they are out. So what other teams are out there that need a first baseman? You know, there, there's not that many that need a first baseman, but he's also he a goal outfielder. Too. outfielder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and, and we've seen him rob so many different home runs. So there, yeah. there's a lot of teams out there that would be, uh, it, it, it would, it would be amazing to have. Uh, and, you yeah. know, I, I said this team earlier with, uh, with Vlad, but I think the Phillies are kind of a good fit for Cody Bellinger also. Yeah. You know, because they don't have a first baseman. I mean, Harper does have first base eligibility in fantasy, but he's not a first baseman by trade. No, he's a right no. fielder. You right. know, so you it's could put Cody thing. Bellinger at at first base. You know, yeah. and and I feel like his his type of swing and and his um his production would be great yeah. in Philly, and it, and it fills a hole that they have. Can't you just see him him and Harper were just like you know. Going mashing. back to back to back, yeah, mashing, you know, like can see them just sell. I could just, I could see it hundred percent. And uh, you know, I'm not a Philly fan, but I'm, I am a Harper fan and I would like to see, I just want to see belly also, you know, succeed. So I think that would be, that would be cool. Yeah. And you know, he, he left the, the team, um, you know, not really like on bad terms, but it was like, yeah. I, I would be a little upset, you know, if I were him and I'm sure he was like, yeah. But the Dodgers gave him, you know, two years to work it out. And unfortunately, right. he he couldn't do it in that time. So yep. it was time to move on. I think it was time to move on. And he was going to become a free agent soon anyway. So, yeah. you know, let him walk. But it is nice to see him succeeding. It's nice to see Corey Seager succeeding, you know, winning the World Series last season. Yeah, for sure. It, it's always good to see that. And, you know, there's another former Dodger that I want to bring up because he was on Fox News yesterday. Did you hear about this? You did no. not hear about the interview that Trevor Bauer gave yesterday? No, dude. No. Trevor Bauer was on Fox News yesterday, and he was actually trying to plead his case to try to come back to uh, Major League Baseball, you know, telling his story about the the girl that kind of yeah. duped him, 
And, um, you know, the, the jury of his peers said that he was not guilty. So he, he has no reason not to be in major league baseball. It's definitely a vendetta that Manfred had against him because there were so many other players that were, um, that, that were convicted of domestic violence, yeah. you know, like uh, Aroldis Chapman and Marcelo yeah. Suna, and yeah. they were still allowed to stay in MLB. They weren't yeah. suspended indefinitely, you know, but for some reason, because Trevor Bauer has his podcast and he's always on social media and he's always he's like, always you know, chirping, just, yeah. exactly. Um, that, you know, I think that that's why major league baseball didn't really want him to be the face of baseball anymore, you know, with all these allegations yeah. that came out, but I don't know that in the interview that I watched with him, he says that he has a different outlook on life, on baseball, on everything. Now he says that he, he used to put a hundred percent into honing his craft and becoming the best baseball player that he could possibly be. But his personal life, he didn't really take that into account. Now he says that he is a different person, that he's more balanced and and he's trying to, to put a hundred percent into his personal life, just like he puts a hundred percent into his baseball life as well. So we'll see, man, I could definitely see him in, in a couple different uniforms. You know, there's a lot of teams out there that have uh, forgave and forgotten, you know, previous players before, you know, the Braves being one of them, you know, and the Braves know that they need pitching because, you know, to be able to compete in the World Series, you need to have solid pitching. So I don't think the Dodgers would ever give him another chance, especially after spending a billion dollars on two uh, free agents this this yeah. uh, offseason. So um, I, would I could it be see- expensive. Do you think that uh, would be expensive? I don't think so, man, because yeah. I, th- I think, I think a, that whatever team. Exactly. There's there's PR, you know, problems yeah. that are going to be all, all over the place. So it's like Bauer knows this and yeah. he knows that he's going to have to take a discount wherever he signs. Or there might be a team that is not even a playoff contender that just wants to to bolster their pitching like the Angels that just lost Shohei Otani. Dude, I mean, and it, and it could be trade trade bait for, you know, a, a team that's yep. out of it. He kind of gets to like duck the media a little bit, show he's good. All of a sudden his numbers are good. Trade deadline. Boom. He's on a contender. He's on a one-year deal. Year after that, back to business. I mean, yeah. I think that or, might be you know, the route to maybe even go back to his old team in Cincinnati. Cincinnati yeah. needs some pitching. They got all that yeah. star talent all in the infield. Guys. Yeah. All those young guys, man, and and Trevor Bauer coming in and becoming the ace of the Reds. I think that'd be awesome, dude. That would be awesome. Good, good comeback story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see if he actually does get signed because you know it, it, it's going to be a PR nightmare for at least a couple months. Um. We'll see Absolutely. what team actually wants to to take that on, you know. Yeah. And, and ultimately, anyone. it's going to be like, look, we want to win a World Series. So the the jury said that he didn't do it, so he didn't do it. Leave us alone, you know. Yeah. I, I think that's what it's going to be all about. Uh, so continuing my my Cody Bellinger, uh, my second takeaway. Um, okay, so I talked about the strikeout percentage. And I don't remember what else I was going to say. Oh, oh, towards the end of the season, actually, he batted uh, 400 in July, 324 in August, and 273 in September. So that kind of shows the type of, of player that he is also, that yeah, he is consistent yeah. to the end, you know, and, and just batting 400 in July? Like, that's crazy, yeah. dude, especially for a guy that only batted like 205 last season. Yeah. So that's yeah, great. That's great to see from Bellinger. For sure. Uh, next guy I want to talk about was is, is he still? Yes, he is still there in the uh, tier three, and that's Paul Goldschmidt. So uh, I have Gold, Goldie in the third tier of first baseman, but 
yeah. only because of his history as the performer at, at at his position, you know, in the past. Yeah. Dude, he's 36 years old. Yeah, he's you know, getting up and there. He's getting up there and he he plays on a decent team. You know, the Cardinals know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, they, they started but... falling apart. They had a they had a bad year. So I'm wondering, like, Wayno's gone and Yadier Molina's gone, and um uh, Wilson Contreras hasn't really been the guy that they wanted him to be. You know, he was supposed to be the leader in the clubhouse, but he just hasn't been performing. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I saw him start off strong in 2023. He batted 284 with 15 home runs and eight stolen bases before the All Star break. After yeah. the All Star break, he started slowing down a lot, dude. A lot. Yeah. Man. Yeah. He only batted 246 with 10 home runs and three stolen bases after the All Star break. So, this is the type of player that I think you're going to get where he's he's still really good, you know, but yeah. then he's going to get tired. And then right. they don't really have another option at first base other than Paul Goldschmidt. They have a, a Luker something. Yeah. I, I forget yeah. his name, but he's he's whatever. He batted like 205 with like four home runs in, in the, the short amount of time that he actually spent in Major League Baseball. So I don't really see Paul Goldschmidt taking a seat to anybody else at first base, which means that he's just going to get tired more often. And um, honestly, like a good strategy that I think would possibly be to have is to draft Paul Goldschmidt and, and trade him. If if you can try to get one of the guys later on, like a Tristan Casas or like a Christian Walker, you know, if you have another first baseman and Paul Goldschmidt is on fire in the first half, trade him, trade him for whatever you need. 100%. 100%. I, I, that's exactly what I was going to say to, you know, you get Goldie and then you can get someone, um, you know, even, I don't know. There's a, there's Jenny, a bunch Jenny of guys. Jenny Pasquantino. Yeah. Or well, like Torkelson even. Torkelson, you know, he, he has, yeah. He has a chance. You get someone like that and then when Goldschmidt's looking hot and people who might be desperate if there's an injury or something or whatever, I mean, first base is, is deep, like we were saying. So, you know, there might not be a huge need, but if there is one, you trade him for whatever you can get, and you have someone else waiting in the wings, and you're expecting him to slow down in the second half like he did before. Because, like you said, he's 36, he said. Yep. So. Yep. All right, that was uh, Paul Goldschmidt. And the last name that we got to talk about in Tier 3 is Christian Walker. And this was actually Paul Goldschmidt's replacement uh, yeah. on the Diamondbacks once he got traded to the Cardinals. And this guy didn't really get a shot in Arizona, oh, but before that with Baltimore, you know, because Baltimore at the time had Chris Davis, who just had yeah. that massive contract. So they weren't going to yeah. let Christian Walker take over at first base for him. And then he gets traded over to the Diamondbacks and the Diamondbacks have uh, Paul Goldschmidt for a few more seasons until he finally gets traded to uh, the Cardinals. So Cardinals, yeah. Christian Walker didn't even get his opportunity to really play until he was 28 years old. Right. But Christian yeah, Walker. I, I like Christian Walker. Dude, Christian Walker's been amazing the last two seasons. Everyone, yeah. everyone in, in 2022, we all thought that maybe it was just like, you know, the outlier year. It was just yeah. kind of like a fluke, but then he did it two years in a row. So I, feel I like he he's so un, like people, I don't know, he's underrated. He's like, like if, if you just ask like anyone who's not like doing their research, oh, like list me, list the, the first baseman, whatever, like people skip over him for sure. They're, they're not they're not thinking about him that much unless you're you know in Arizona or even talking to someone who's you know nationally west or whatever but like he he's his numbers aren't aren't bad i mean in the postseason he slowed down a lot which is unfortunate for the diamondbacks good for us non diamondbacks but um other than that i mean his i don't know his numbers you look at his numbers at the end of the year and you're like this guy's good he's good 
Yeah, l- last season we saw his strikeout percentage um, go under twenty percent. Uh, walk percentage is up uh, above ten percent. He he's shown to be durable. He played one hundred and fifty-seven games in twenty twenty-three and one hundred and sixty in twenty twenty-two, and he's yeah. on the wrong side of thirty. So to be able to play every single game like that throughout the season, you know that that's huge. Yeah, because there's so many players that just get hurt every single season, and when you have a guy like that that you can actually depend on to be in your lineup every single day, it's like that. Just that counts as just as much as um, as some other reasons to keep players. You know. Yeah. Uh, quality of contact jumped for for Christian Walker in 2023. He hit a career high 36 doubles. And nice. and and uh, one more thing that I want to say about Christian Walker, and this is one thing that I am a huge believer of, is this is a contract season. Mm, a contract yeah. season means that they're going to be pushing themselves so much yeah, harder than they had sure. before. He wants to make some money. You know, yeah. he's he's finally making some good money. I think he's making twelve million dollars in twenty twenty four. But before that, you know, like I think last year he was still making a, less than a million dollars. You right. know, because he's still on that rookie contract because he took forever to finally break out into the majors. The majors, but yeah. Now, dude, I I think that he's going to break out even more than he has. I I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if we see higher batting average and a and a higher uh, home run total from Christian Walker. Yeah, no, I agree. I see that too. I want to take a chance on him. I do. Yeah, I, I actually have him in our keeper league, and I'm kind of debating if I want to keep him or not because I believe Ooh. I got him for pretty cheap. I think I got him for like 12 bucks. Nice. Yeah, you yeah. keep him. I, I think I might. Uh, I just – because we can only keep five, it's just so uh, hard. That's to what's tough. I know. I, I keep out saying of like that a 25-man roster. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that was tier three. Moving on to tier four. Now, you're starting to get to like the bottom of the barrel where yeah. – these are guys that are still like decent options at, at first base, but um, yeah, you're taking a step back. I would say after Walker, you're, it, it is more of a, you can, everyone kind of gets a little bit, you know, jumbled almost where like, if you feel like you need, have a need somewhere else, then the next guy after who might be up at first base is similar to what you're passing up on. Whereas, you know, the drop off, like, like from after Walker, like if, so if you're getting close to it, you want a first baseman walkers there, go get him because it yeah. is, I feel like it is a big step back from walkers to the really next is. tier. And then, but after that next tier, then you don't have to be as aggressive. I think because a lot of the guys, I think you can have an argument from, you, you know, where, wherever we left off number wise, I think that was eight from like nine to like 13 even or whatever. I feel like they could all be nine. Or they could all be see you, know, you, you can argue that, it a little. That that's the thing. It's like with these next with, with this next group of guys, they all have amazing upside. Yeah. You know, yeah. versus the guys that we've all talked about, a lot of them are already older. They're, they're 29 or older, you know, other yeah. than Vlad. But all the other guys, they're they're a little bit older. So um they're already established. You already know yeah. what you're getting once you draft them. But these guys right here, let's go. Uh, tier four, we're starting with Nolan Jones, and then you got Christian Encarnacion, Strand, and Trist- Tristan Casas. Now, I don't know about you, man, but Tristan Casas, he jumps out at me so much, dude. He is he's yeah. really young, uh, 23 years old, but he's a freaking big dude. He's 6'5", yeah, pounds. Dude, he is the typical Boston first baseman. Yeah, true, you know, true. He, I feel like he is the type of player that Boston has been searching for since they lost Big Poppy to retirement. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. 
dude, I drafted him last year and I was sitting on him for so long and I just, I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't wait any longer. And then not long after he starts, he starts popping off and I was like, oh, man, this guy's, he's what I, you know, now he's what I was hoping he was going to turn into, but that's something you got to think about with these young guys, you know, they're, they, you know, they're not going to all, some of them do, they're not all going to just hit the ground running and, yeah. um, you know, Casas looks like he's he's coming into form, and if he can pick up where he left off, and I actually think Boston's lineup is sneaky good this year. Oh yeah, it's, the the thing with Boston last year is he was losing some of his at bats to Justin Turner, but Justin yeah, Turner yeah. actually opted out of his uh, player option. So uh, Boston actually has to pay Justin Turner about eight million dollars just to become a free agent, and yes. now Justin Turner is probably going to just uh, you know play the market and see if he's actually going to be able to get signed somewhere else. And if he doesn't, who cares? He's 39 years old, you know, yeah. at 39 years old, it's like, maybe it's time to start thinking about retirement. You know, Dude, he got married to, a few years ago. Dodgers. Come back to Why the not? Dodgers. Right. Why, Why not? not? Finish, finish off a year here with the Dodgers. So you can play with Otani. I mean, I'd rather have him coming off the bench and filling in spots than some of these other guys. we have. Dude, you know? so. so if, if Boston would have ended up keeping Justin Turner, he would have made $13 million uh, with Boston. Now that Boston has to pay him $8 million just to test free agency, I feel like if the Dodgers give him, you know, something that it, it's a total it's of at least $13 million, you know, maybe he would, might want to take a discount to come and play for his hometown team because he grew up in, yep. in Long yeah. Beach. In Long Beach yeah. Yep. You know, if it was me, I would definitely take a discount to go and yeah, play with my home Especially yeah. with Otani being on the team yeah, now, you get to, you get to be you get to play with Otani and stuff, and yeah, and you I get think. that that extra veteran in the clubhouse. You know, they have so yeah. many vets in there, but dude, it's like they all have the chemistry; they all mesh well together. Yeah, hundred percent. But anyway, so, so that was Tristan Casas. I yeah. I think honestly, I I have Tristan Casas as my number one first baseman sleeper. I think okay. that he yeah. he is going. Uh, 113th overall, which puts him right in the middle of the ninth round. Uh, if if it's the eighth round and I don't have my first baseman yet, I think I might reach a little bit and go for Tristan yeah. Casas. Yeah, I can see that. And, and and I I'm a big I'm a big proponent of like go get your guy. If if there's a if there's a couple guys going into a draft that you're like, yeah, this is a guy that I have a good feeling about. Like why why wait? Like again, you're you're here to have fun. You know, you want to root for the guys you want to root for. You would. I don't want to like in your position. You're like, ah, oh, maybe I'll wait, and then someone like me in a draft, or whatever, gets Casas, and now you have to watch me reap the you know the rewards, and you're like, right. ah, I wanted him, you know, like go go get your guy. It's okay yeah. as long as it's not like three rounds higher than he's supposed to go or whatever. If it's right around where he's supposed to go, you know, and enjoy it a little bit. Go get the guy. That way you can brag at the end and be like, I told you, I I knew he right. was gonna be good. Exactly. You know, like that's what it's all about. I. Uh, I think we actually both at some point had Nolan Jones last year and uh, ah, dude, I like him. I like him too. I mean, he's, I, I agree with you with, with Costas. He's like, you know, the typical first baseman he's, you know, with all the power, his, his, at the end of the year, Costas was like, I mean, it was a different player, but Nolan Jones, he did not play nearly as much. I feel like, but he, I mean, you know, he was right around 300 average, still hit 20 bombs. Like, I mean, this he's i mean he look at the park he's playing in exactly you know, for half his games like that's huge he also has outfield eligibility i believe or at least you know 
Will. I think he has he has it. Yeah, he has he has a outfield and first base eligibility in Yahoo. I'm not sure about other sites. Yeah, which is, this, this is, is huge because outfield is can, can be a little bit shallow too after you know the it's the top end. So I think that like Nolan Jones is someone that I you know I like him a lot. Yeah, I'll I'll probably be targeting Nolan Jones, and this is the this is a guy that you're going to be able to take like later on in like the 11th or 12th round. You know, yeah, so yeah, for sure. if you can wait that long, the the only thing I don't like about Nolan Jones is his 29.7 percent strikeout rate from last yeah. season. But he's yeah. 25 years old. You know, he's just going to yeah, get better. He's working through but, it, dude. Yeah. He hits the ball freaking hard for for a young <laughs> guy. 90.1 average exit velocity, 115.3 max exit velocity. Uh, the launch angle is a little bit low for me. It's an, at a 9.8. I'd like to see it in the teens. But when yeah. you're playing in Colorado, e- even if you have a, a 9.8 launch angle, it, even if it's not home runs, it's going to be a bunch of doubles. And in points for leagues, sure. doubles are not as valuable as home runs, obviously, but they are still going to be pretty valuable, you know, yeah, compared to compared to like, you know, walks or, or singles. So th- this yeah, guy hits the ball hard, hits the ball on the sweet spot a lot. Um, I, I mean, playing in Colorado, you know, what, what else that's, could you want from yeah. a power hitter? That's 495 pounds. Right. For sure. And the next guy, Christian Encarnacion yes. Strand, another guy that kind of just, he, th- this guy has so much pedigree, man. He, he has yeah. great pedigree, always hit for average in the minors, had 20 home runs in 67 games in AAA before he broke out into the majors last season. That's the re- actually the reason why he made the majors last season because of those right. 20 home runs and batting over 300. Huge upside. He's only 24 years old. Definitely going to yeah. be the starting first baseman for the Reds for for the foreseeable future. You know, Joey Votto is a free agent this season. I highly doubt that the Reds are going to be, no. uh, you know, in the the Joey pot uh, the Joey Votto. Um, you know, free agency yeah. market. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really don't think that anyone wants any part of Joey Votto anymore. Right. You know, I, he might get say- like, like a pity, <laughs> a pity yeah. uh, offer, yeah. you know, just to have a vet in the clubhouse. Veteran, you know? yeah. it, it's sure. highly possible, but I mean, maybe it's just time for him to retire too. Yeah, definitely. I could, I could see that with, with, uh, with Encarnacion Strand, I, I, I feel like his upside is so huge. I mean, he's got insane power. I look at the ballpark he plays in. Um, actually, yeah. And then um, he, I mean, I, but the, the, the downside I feel like with him is, I mean, there, I feel like there's a little bit going on there, but there's a lot of guys like where, where I know he, he's supposed to be the, the first baseman for the foreseeable future, but you still got like, you know, you still have steer. You still got, you know, like you said, Votto, I could I could see them bringing him back. I mean, I don't think they will, but he could. Um, I mean, they, they just have a lot going on there. And, I, I mean, he they were already saying at the beginning of the year he might make the roster last season, and it took mm-hmm. him how long to get up there. So, so there's something with the Reds that's going on that, like, for some reason they were, were low on him. So I, I, I just I, – I don't know. It might just be a feeling thing, which, I mean, don't go off of my feeling for sure. But there's something about it that I could see some shenanigans, if you will, going on with Christian Encarnacion and Strand's uh, playing time. Like if he's not hitting, he's got a little bit of a slump, he might be playing only, you know, he might be taking more days off during the week than what you are wanting, you know, again, because Steer is hitting and you still have, you know, Ellie and McLean up in the middle and then, you know, or, or you know, uh, uh, McLean and um, India. Yeah, India, and then you got um, Ellie and uh, 
at third. And so it's like, you know, you could put steer there. You could put steer in the outfield, but they also have some guys there. So I don't know. I think that there could be some issues going on there with, with uh, Strand's playing time. But if he ends up coming to be what he is and he's an everyday first baseman, then he's a guy that you are going to be excited that you got because he's going to hit a ton of bombs. And like we were talking about with all those players, there's, you know, it's a, it's a good lineup. They're, they're going to, you know, they're going to be moving around those bases. So. Yeah, there, there's there is a bit of a log jam in uh, yeah. Cincinnati's infield, but I still feel like if if anyone's going to lose at bats, it's probably going to be Spencer Steer, just because Spencer Steer is a little bit older. Um, he's yeah. doesn't he's, have the pedigree. He doesn't much. have the pedigree. He doesn't have the the power stroke that Christian Encarnacion Strand does. Christian Encarnacion sure. Strand could easily hit thirty home runs. Spencer Steer. I don't think that he could really get up to like that much. I actually have some notes on Spencer Steer as well. Um, Dude, I, but- I'm a I'm a Spencer Steer fan. I do like him. I mean, I'm not a fan of his like I am some of these other guys we're talking about, of course. But um, you know, he does he does have some some good numbers, and I think. But I agree with you. I think as long as Encarnacion Strand doesn't um, like do enough to lose it, I think the most that they're going to do is put steer somewhere in the outfield. Like he's, they're well, not going to. Yeah, exactly. You know. Well, the thing with steer also is that he plays basically every position. He's yeah. eligible at first, second, third and outfield. So I think, I think they're going to use him more of like a super utility guy rather than, you know, someone that's going to take over at bats for someone that they're trying for to sure. trying to develop, you know, yeah. in, in the guy like um, Christian Encarnacion Strand. But, um, yeah, Spencer Steer is going into his age 27 season. So oh. I could see him definitely taking a lot more reps at in, in left field. Um, they do have a couple younger guys in Will Benson and um, yeah. I, I, uh, Luke Rayleigh, I think it is. But now yeah. Luke Rayleigh is, is also on the trade block. I, I just saw a notification that Seattle is trying to trade for Luke Rayleigh. Um, so that could open up some playing time for Spencer Steer in the outfield as well. So um, there's a, there's a lot that could happen in the next couple months. Uh, there were talks about Jonathan India possibly being traded. Uh, there's a lot of teams out there that could definitely use a solid second baseman. And if if uh, Jonathan India is gone, then Spencer Steer could definitely there's take over at second base full time, yeah. which means that Encarnacion Strand would have his everyday at bats at first base as well. For so. Sure. Uh, it's really, it's really going to depend on trades, you know, that go on in yeah. the next couple months before the season starts. So I feel like I um, feel like you could, you could see Steer actually get traded too for the same reasons. Like you said, he's twenty seven. Like, you know, there's a logjam. Why, why isn't he someone that could be potentially moved with yeah. all of the and after the season he had last year, it's like he could definitely have. Uh, why not now? Yeah, yeah, he could definitely have have some up uh, some value to him. Sure. Yeah. You know? But um, yeah, that that's that's the end of the uh, tier four. Um, any names that we didn't mention, you know, it's it's not that they're not worth mentioning. It's just these are the guys that I kind of feel comfortable with as my starting first baseman. Yeah. Um, there's so many other guys here. I, I have a little list here. Josh Naylor, I'd be happy as my corner infielder. Vinny yeah. Pasquantino, that's a guy I, I feel it's yeah. Kansas City like first baseman. I don't like. Kansas City first baseman, yeah. you know, the, there's there's not a lot of power production in Kansas City. He's a really good player, um, good good pedigree, and I think in the points league, he is a, a great option at a corner yeah. infielder and potentially even your starting first baseman. But in a categories league, I feel like the the counting stats just aren't going to be there to to have. I'd, I'd rather have Naylor for sure. Yeah. yeah, oh dude, I I love Josh Naylor, and yeah. I don't know if you know this, Josh Naylor is only 26 years old. 
Yeah, he's young. I don't know, for some reason, I thought he was like 31 older. or 32. I felt like he was yeah. in the league longer. Yeah, he, he has I mean, been in the league a while, and and he's had so many injuries too. But yeah. it was like freak injuries. Like I don't know if you remember this. A couple seasons ago, he was making a, a dive uh, in right field, and um, he ended up buckling his knee, and his oh. knee bent back the opposite direction. Oh, it was so sorry. It was so bad, man. And uh, yeah, I don't remember that. He, he, I, I actually had him on my on my fantasy league, which is probably why why I remember this remember, um, yeah. at the time, you know. But um, he came back and he just started hitting again. He's he's a good contact hitter, makes great solid contact. He's kind of like Luis Arias ish, you know, um, when it comes to his quality of contact. Um, I, I don't think he's ever going to hit like four hundred. No, like no. Arias but, did, but I, know what you mean, I don't yeah. think Arias is ever going to do that again either, you know. Right. But he's definitely like a like a good. Um, Points league option, Josh Naylor. Sure. Sure. Uh, Spencer Torkelson, if you're in a categories was, league, he's he's another good one. Too. I was going to bring him up. I was going to say in a points league, maybe not so much. The guy strikes out a lot. But um, but in a, in a categories league, I mean, he's got tons of power. I, sure, the, the lineup is a little bit, you know, it's it's the Tigers, but uh, I, I I don't know he 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 brings a lot to the table for sure. So I, I saw something. I mean, I won't go too much into it, but um, so I saw only he had um, let's see, fourteen point one percent, which is a uh, barrel percentage, which is the fifth best, um, only with Olson, Harper, um, and uh, I think Alonzo and Brandon Belt, which was kind of random, but regardless. Um, only mm. Olsen had a higher hard hit percentage than Torkelson. So basically Torkelson hits the, the crap out of the ball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's He's the type of guy that's going to hit the cover off the ball. Yeah. Which is, I mean, again, you want, you want guys who can do that, especially in a categories league, but his, his yeah. strikeouts are, but and he's, he's 24 young. years old. That's he's what I was he's say. just going to get better, man. So if he, if he takes that step up in the average department, then you're, you got someone who's a steal. Uh, one of the he's super deep, super low name on uh, first base, but, uh, Josh Bell. After he got traded, Josh Bell's numbers were, uh, you know, something that you were like, oh, is this this is the Josh Bell that mm-hmm. everyone was drafted way early? So, I mean, again, don't reach by any means, but, you know, we got lots of depth at first base. If it's getting down there, take a chance on Bell. If he, you know, answers the bell, no pun intended. Just kidding, the pun was intended. <laughs> um, you know, he, he, he's got Luis Arias hitting in front of him, so he's going to have some of those, you know, RBIs and stuff too, so... I think that um, I think Bell could be someone that you know, you you could be happy with as at a corner infield spot like we're saying. You know the the thing with Josh Bell also is in most twelve team leagues he's probably going to go undrafted. So that means That's that saying, yeah. after the draft is over, if you have an abundance of relief pitchers and you just want to drop someone, take a chance on Josh Bell if he's sitting out For there. Sure. You know that's that's another option to have also. Yeah. Um, Yandy Diaz. Yandy Diaz is is a, a great points league specialist. You know, great contact, great plate discipline. He's Absolutely. not he's not the guy that's going to hit over twenty home runs. Um, he actually had a career high home runs this season. I think it was like twenty two, uh, but but yeah. like uh, like thirteen or fourteen of them came before the All Star break, and like the I think he had twelve in the first two months of the season. You know, and after that, it's just he's such a ground ball hitter. He hits the ball. Yeah so hard like 92 point something average exit velocity but it's it's on the ground more often than not he he hits the ball on the ground more than 50 percent of the time which really sucks because uh player average league average is like 47.5 percent so he's like mm-hmm. way above um you know the the ground ball percentage but he hits the ball so hard that a lot of times it just goes right through the infield and and that makes his batting yeah. average up so he's a career 300 hitter 
Um, great for points leagues, not so much for categories because he's not really going to score that many runs or RBIs. Um, yeah. But, you know, if, if he increases that launch angle like we saw in the first two months of the season last year, then he could be a, a pretty good fantasy option in categories leagues as well. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle, that plays oh, for He's he's a pretty decent option too. Unfortunately, Camden Yards they they moved the wall, the left field wall, out a little bit. I think it was like 14, 15 feet, something yeah. like that. Which so, doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. It it doesn't really sound like a lot, but when you're hitting you know home runs at like three hundred and eighty feet, and yeah. and the walls at three sixty six, and then now all of a sudden the walls at three eighty six. A lot of times yeah. those home runs are just going to be outs now. Oh, but yeah. he's he's still a decent option. He's a good power hitter. Sure. He he pulls the ball a lot, so. Um, he still has that home run production. You're probably not going to get more than like 20, uh, 25 maybe home runs from Ryan Mountcastle, but that's fine as your corner infielder. Um, the last guy that I want to mention, Isak Paredes from the Tampa Bay Rays. Dude, he came out of nowhere with all his home runs. I was looking at his spray chart. He had 30 home runs, uh, 31 home runs this past season. Yeah. And, uh, he doesn't hit the ball hard. He hits the ball like 87.8 miles uh, per hour. On average right. exit velocity, you know, and his max exit velocity isn't really there either. But every single one of his 31 home runs was to the pull side. Pull side and, yeah. and only um, four of his 24 doubles were not hit to the pull side. So 20 yeah. of his 24 doubles were hit to the pull side. So he's a, he's a pull side specialist, man. He has that like uh, that Alex Bregman special yeah. where he doesn't yeah. hit the ball exceptionally hard, but he knows where, where it needs to go to get the most production. Yeah. Uh, one guy I wanted to bring up, and it's not in a positive note, it's actually in a negative note, and I totally forgot about it, was uh, Candelario just got signed to the Reds. So that actually is oh, something, I mean, not just, really? but not, not too long ago. Oh, messes with the uh, the log jam, like we were saying with CES, and I think that that's someone I was also trying to think about when I was talking about Steer and everything that might make the issue with CES and Candelario. Like, why did they sign him to three years if not to, to play him? You know what I mean? So... Uh, just keep that in mind, too. Yeah, Jamer Candelario is one of those guys that's like a, a, a good utility option also. He yeah, can kind of yeah. play all over, which is what we saw with the Angels. Um, was, yeah. was it last year? I think it was uh, with the Angels last year when they yeah, traded for Cubs. him. The Cubs? Yeah, I think the Cubs. But, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he, but, he plays mean, all over also. So that yeah. – I, I feel like if, if they're trading for a guy like that, it's probably because they're trying to trade away maybe India, one or Steve, two. Maybe both. Maybe both, yeah. yeah. Or Luke Rayleigh, like uh, like I saw the yeah, notification someone. about the Mariners. So yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I do want to put this up here. You know, here's here's the top names that we talked about, plus a little bit extra at the bottom yeah. that we kind of like mentioned a little bit. So um it, looking at this, it's like the I, I don't think we talked about Reese Hoskins actually. No, did we? we didn't. No. Reese Hoskins, you know, we didn't talk about him because it's a free agent. We don't really know where right. he's going to go. Right. But and that'll, he's, that'll make he's a difference. A, he's a pretty decent option, also. So if he yeah. gets signed as like a, a DH um, to, you know, a, a team that has a good ballpark, I feel like sure. he, he'd be a decent option, also. Um, yeah, I mean, we we basically covered all our bases on on first base today, and uh, yep. I. I don't really see anyone else really worth mentioning unless you have someone else. Yeah, I was going to say the only two people I wanted to say, and this is not for your typical 12 team. This might be more for like a dynasty or or a keeper type of thing where you have like um, 
you know, spots that you can maybe stash in like minor leagues, but these guys might start on their teams are, uh, you know, Kyle Manzardo. He's going to play for the guardians. He's, they're saying that he's supposed to be, you know, if he, if he makes the, the starting roster, he's going to jump up somewhere high. Um, not super high, but like somewhere to probably get drafted. People are going to want to jump on him, but if he isn't, or you're already drafting, you can put him in a minor league spot. If again, in those deeper leagues, that'd be good. Or the angels, uh, Nolan, uh, Chanel, I can't say his name, but, um, they, they made it, they moved him up fast at the end of the year. They wanted him to play. They wanted him to, you know, be around some of those guys, like, you know, even, um, with Shohei and stuff for a reason. And he's, they, they had him playing first base at the end of the year. They obviously, you know, you can't really trust the Angels too much, but they obviously want him to be um, playing. And they drafted him, I think, last year or not that long ago. So they're moving him up for a reason. He's showing that he can play some ball. Again, it's for the deeper leagues, 15 teams or whatever. But some of those young guys, I, I love prospects. I think the guys in the, in the league last year would know that, like, I was jumping on prospects left and right, picking them up, dropping them, whatever. Um, cause you just don't know, you don't know who's, who's going to turn out to be, you know, the next Ronald Acuna, the next Ronald Acuna, or and I, they might be Matt Mervis. Like I had last year, I was like Matt Mervis. And then, and then, yeah, but then, but then you get or a guy like, De La Cruz or that started off crazy hot. And then, yeah. you know, halfway through the season, he just kind of fell apart, which I'm glad I traded him away. It, <laughs> there it, you go. <laughs> uh, so, who so did I get? I got, I got, I got Zach Gallen for, uh, that's insane. For LA I was, so I'm I was not happy. gonna lie, I was a little, I was a little salty. I was like, damn it. <laughs> but, but again, you don't know if he's gonna be Corbin Carroll or if he's gonna be, you know, like we said, Matt Mervis or even Ellie De La Cruz. But if you get someone that's kind of like Corbin Carroll and you get them late, then you're like, now I have a, you know, an abundant of abundant of, of riches at first base or something. And then there you go. Especially again in a keeper or a dynasty, those are the kind of guys you want to look at super late in the draft, last pick type of thing. So yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So last thing, final thought, is there anyone that stands out at first base that you're just like, I got to have this guy? <sighs> I think, I mean, and it's hard to say I got to have it because I don't want to uh, put myself in a box in the sense that like if there's someone else around, like we were saying with like Corey Seager's right in that spot. But I have this feeling about Vlad that I'm like, I just I want to be in on on Vlad. I don't want to miss out on Vlad going back to oh there he is again. That was him from a couple years back. So um, something about Vlad, I just I'm always looking out. Where is he at? Where you know is he gonna you know do I am I gonna get him on the on the way back or whatever? So uh, Vlad's one of those guys that I think is at the top end, um, and I would say more towards the the middle ish. Um, man, I don't know. You asked for for one person. I. I, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll say two right here. I'm gonna say uh, Casas and Jones. Those are the guys that I think later in the in the draft that I'm like, that you know, I'm okay if I don't get one of the top tier guys. Let me get one of those, and I'm gonna be happy. Yeah, I, I feel like if you get a guy that um, that maybe isn't like that maybe has like some good upside guy like a Vlad, but you don't really know how they're going to do. Maybe try to get someone towards the end of the draft or, or yeah. middle of the draft. That's kind of like a safer option. Like if you can get a, a Luisa rise that is available at first base or a Josh Naylor, that's available. Josh at first Naylor. Base, yeah, that's you know, if, if you can pair those, those two guys together, then you have Josh Naylor. That's going to give you batting average. And then you have Vlad that, you know, could potentially be a league winner. And even if yeah, he doesn't, yeah. it's like it sucks that you wasted such a high draft pick on him. But at least you have another Got option that you can option, fill in yeah. at your first base. 
I think it's right. a great strategy. All right, sure. so that concludes our episode on the first base preview. Make sure you guys tune in next week. We are going to be covering second base. Uh, thank you for subscribing and liking this video. If you haven't already, make sure you do that. And uh, we are going to be uploading to YouTube, Spotify, and Facebook uh, this episode and all future episodes for the rest of the season. Thank you for joining. Uh, this was Real uh, Will Power from Real Talk Fantasy Baseball. Joined from Kevmo. Hopefully, Javi, will, the commission will be on uh, for our next episode. And Kevmo, you are more than welcome to be on the show whenever you, whenever you want, whenever Sweet. you have time. I know today yeah. you did it from your car. You know, hopefully, hopefully uh, you you can uh, join Get us back you know, whenever you can. You know, whether yeah, it's in your sure. car or the office or 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 in the While privacy driving, of your home, wherever you're at, man. Yeah, you know, you're always welcome to join the show. For sure, I appreciate that. All right, I'm Will Power, and for Kevmo, this was Real Talk Fantasy Baseball. See you guys. Thank you. Later.